Hello, and welcome back to Jenny and Paul Sell Out, the podcast where culture matters and selling out doesn't. After a uh, fairly inadvertent two-month hiatus, we pick up right where we left off with this episode, number 21, recorded back in July and left to age and mellow on Silicon. I'm Paul Riesmandel, one half of your sellout team. Jenny Benevento will join us in just a moment when we'll get heavy meta, our topic podcast. Here we like it a cast and maybe pick up a suggestion or two right now. Hello, Jenny. Hello, Paul. Welcome. Uh, well, this is number 21. Uh, the podcast We're legal to drink. is now legal. Exactly. That's good. Because we'll probably have a beer afterwards, I suspect. That's true. So that'll be all legal. That certainly never stopped us before. I guess not. No, it hasn't. And uh, we have the window closed today because it's actually kind of chilly out. It is. Especially considering it's July. Um, It's been (laughs) Happy birthday, America. Happy birthday, America. Um, So today, uh, we can just jump into it. Our our, our, uh, our topic is uh, very meta. We're going to talk about podcasts because we both like them. And and I feel like um, listeners... A lot of listeners only listen to our podcast because they know us, and um, they're unconvinced about the the podcast format, hmm. or would like to listen to other podcasts. Um, one of our previous guests just the other day was was asking me what podcast should she listen to. Um, There's a lot of them. Yeah. So, if you like this one, you might like the ones we like. So we thought we'd we could talk about that and talk a little bit about the medium. And it's interesting because sort of if if you kind of remember the early days of blogging going back now, I guess that's like a decade and some people there was often, you know, these are blogs you should like. These are blogs you should check out. And what is a blog and all of that? Right. But blog now sort of just melts into the Web. Right. The, while people will, to some extent, distinguish between a website and a blog, it, it the, the, the distinction's gotten sufficiently fuzzy that i don't think anyone ever says like hmm i'm looking for some new blogs could you recommend some blogs to me but podcasts still don't melt into a larger audio medium they're still sort of distinct that way you know they don't there's not like oh i'm looking for things to listen to on the internet and maybe some of them would be podcasts it's still treated fairly discreetly yeah or like well i mean i think People who don't want to listen to audiobooks because that's too much of a commitment mm-hmm. are like, what should I listen to while working out? Because I know a lot of people who don't want to listen to the radio because it's not like there's a specific show at the specific time mm-hmm. they want to work out. So Yeah. No, I mean, I wouldn't either when I am when I was working out. Plus, my experience using a little portable radio and working out has not been positive in terms of uh, keeping the signal in it and like you know being on some machine and having the signal go in and out as i everyone hates radio just accept it so no i defend radio but (laughs) it uh and 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 it's interesting because at at, um at an earlier day there was also in gyms they often had their own little radio transmitters because they would only have like a tv or a couple of tvs up and you would tune in your 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 little radio so you could listen to the audio from the tvs but now I think in most gyms they have like the little personal TVs on each piece well, and of I equipment. Think just synchronous synchronous content in general is not as popular as it used to be. No, it's not. Although I mean, radio is still way more popular than the oh, uh, internet totally. cognoscenti give it credit for being. But no, I know. But I mean, I think 
I mean, a lot of podcasts I listen to are radio shows, mm-hmm. but it's just the like the synchronicity of it is not is not. Oh, I agree. Yeah, yeah. People just want things, and I may be recommending things that are usually radio shows, but just you know. Yeah, I, in fact, I, I left the radio shows off of my list here, although um, though there's many that I do listen to, including one that you're going to be on. Uh, it's true. Called uh, Sound Opinions. Yes, which I did not actually put on my list, unfortunately. And which I I listen to. Sometimes I listen to synchronously. Um, yeah, and I think if you're a Chicago and it's it's far more. It's something you grew up with being on the radio, or you you're used to it being on the radio. But the it's world's just, only rock and roll talk show. Although I doubt that's yeah, true I don't any think that's longer. true anymore. Um, so, but it is by two pretty legitimate uh, rock journalists. Um, and it's, there's interviews and they recommend stuff and it's great. And they tend to have good artists in the studio and they have performances. And even when sometimes I want to smack both of them when I'm listening to it, (coughs) I still like it more, more often than I don't like it. Yes. And so you, you, you recently, uh, appeared there and, and will be on a future episode. Yeah. I believe it'll be the July 11th episode. So, um, it'll be for download. Yeah. It's, it's for Pitchfork weekend. It's about R. Kelly. And it's um, they interviewed lots and lots of people. I think probably ten people about their about R. Kelly and you know their relationship with him or their study of him. And uh, there's I know there's um, a therapist who knew him personally who does um, therapy with with underage girls who have been raped. And there's um, someone who went to grade school with him and was in his choir. And someone so there's there's all sorts of sides of the story so we'll put that in notes as well people should listen to our r kelly episode sure i forget which number it is i don't remember so we'll put that in show notes as well on the website selloutpodcast.com you know but it's but you know yeah podcasting you know as a as a particular medium i mean i i happen to think that that there's a lot of potential in it and i'm really glad to see that now some eight years after the term was kind of coined podcasting is becoming a much more common and prevalent medium you know it seemed like there was this you know when like 2005 when the uh rss standard you know the the way to syndicate it using a particular type of feed was sort of solidified and adam curry called it podcasting um there was a lot of excitement and then it sort of went away it seemed like there was no you know the, the different media organizations might start podcasts and a lot of it seemed like it seemed like a lot of public radio in particular sort of just by the way said, okay, well, we'll start a podcast feed for our program online in addition to our regular feed, but it didn't seem like podcasting as a discrete medium really took off until the last three or four years, it feels like to me. Well, I think it's also, it's a very in-groupy sort of thing. Um, there are a lot of networks, which I feel like if you are just coming to podcasting seem like hard to understand. Mm-hmm. And then also, or just like in-jokey. You know, well, I, I, I definitely feel that way about it. It is right, and part of it, it's it's weird that it's now heavily identified in in the mainstream media as being something associated with comedy because of definitely. people like Mark Marin. Well, the most famous people who seem to be around it are are doing that because I feel like if you were in famous in music, you got on like Sirius or XM, right? Right. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the downsides, and this is a very hypocritical thing to say, probably is um. A lot of podcasts are just really like one episode to another is sort of there's no real consistent Mm -hmm. um, topic or, you know, um, 
it's sort of just people talking and there's not like a a format in the same way some you know uh, an npr sort of show would right be. right um so i think that for me is hard with some of them and then i think a lot of people will just turn on npr and listen to it all day and the act of going out and finding stuff is a little bit harder for them. Right. Um, and the technical aspect is hard for some people, too. Well, yeah, it, it's interesting because there, there, no one has yet <laughs> made, like, the ubiquitous app that just makes it easy. And so, you, I mean, you have a number of apps out there, right? So if, you, if you're in the iPhone universe or iPod universe, iTunes does an okay job at letting you subscribe to things and syncing it to your phone or iPod or having, if you have a smartphone, they have, you know, different networks have their own, um, application or Stitcher. And I think that has complicates their... that complicates. Things uh, yeah. I don't like that, it. but I do think like people who are really into the comedy podcast, podcasts have like the, the Earwolf, uh, right. Which is, yeah. which is one of the, the networks that is sort of branches out outside of comedy as well. But um, yeah, I mean, there is that. And, and, and there is Stitcher, which yeah. which is not a, exclusively a podcast app because it sort of it, – it aggregates podcasts and all sorts of other audio available on the web that may or may not be in podcast form. It, it, it sort of it, – it, it is mostly podcast, but it's not exclusively podcast. But, and they don't advertise it right. as such. But I mean, I guess for me, the reason probably I got into it is, first of all, you know, I do love audiobooks. I like audio. And I, I got into it because I did like NPR, but I had moved to Champaign and the NPR, like, they, they wouldn't publish their schedule unless you were a member. And I had no idea what was on when, and all, a lot of the shows I really liked weren't on. So, so this is in Champaign, Illinois. Yeah, yeah. I moved from Portland, Oregon. And so, like, I was like, when is this American Life on? I don't understand. Um... So, I mean, that's how I sort of got into it. Um, and also, I'm, uh, we may have discussed previously, I'm the kind of person who needs to listen to episode, w- listen or watch episodes in order. I'm very ordered. And so, for me, it was great because I could catch up. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, one of my favorite podcasts, which we'll be talking about, was on, like, episode 70 by the time, you know, I really started listening to it in earnest. But I listened to it in order. So... If yeah. you like order, that is definitely great. Well, and I think that's hard, I, and I, that's a downside, too, because I think a lot of comedy part, podcasts have a lot of um, sort of in-jokes. that is And recurring to, jokes. Yeah. But, I mean, that's, I mean, in some ways, that's any program. Sure. You know, and, and I think with why people like series television or series radio is that you kind of get in on the jokes. And in the past, it would have been difficult to go back and catch up. You would just have to kind of hop on midstream sure. and hope that you would kind of tune in and figure it out. And now you can actually go back. And that's what I, I mean. I really like about podcasting is the fact that you know I can catch up on on shows that I like a lot. You know, radio shows. You know, in, in, on public radio, for instance. You know, say like This American Life or something like that. And say, oh right, I haven't heard it in a number of weeks, and I'd heard there was a really good episode about this, and I can go back. Oh yeah, and, and I will batch them it. very frequently. Like I'll wait until I have five of my favorite and listen to all of that one. Or, um, you know, a road trip is a great reason mm-hmm. to do that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it might be daunting, but if you, especially if you like any comedian, they basically are have been on at least ten podcasts. I feel like, and it's pretty easy to search in iTunes or in Stitcher and see like, okay, here are the ten that I will listen to. The funny thing about so-called comedy podcasts, I think, I don't know, maybe we'll start, is like, you know, WTF with Mark Maron is, I think, one of the... Probably the most, one of the most famous. One of the most popular and famous, and it's not really 
a comedy podcast Not as far as I'm concerned. I mean, it interviews a lot of comedians. Yeah, and that's where he got his start was interviewing other But comedians. I feel like it is really comedian and jokey in that way, in that, like, I, I mean, I like it, but it's... There are people who are famous in the mm-hmm. in the world of podcasting, and especially famous in that in in, in stand up comedy, in st- but are not famous in stand up comedy in the world. Like there are people who are you know. Well, they're only famous if you're really into stand up. Exactly, comedy. exactly. If you're the kind of person who reads Split Sider right. a lot and and things like, like that. Like if you only listen to podcasts, you'd think that Adam Scott was the most famous. I don't he would even, be I like don't even know Adam he would Scott. be like Tom Cruise right. because like he is on every podcast, or you know Nick Offerman. You're like okay, he's on a moderately famous television show, Parks and Recreation, but like, yeah, that's it. Like, it's not like he's super famous. But it's not. But and, and especially in in the last couple of years, WTF has become less and less of a comedy centered podcast because yeah. more and more musicians, in particular, but yeah, movie stars, television stars, people with something to promote. He's getting much more. It's turning into much more of a talk show, right? Interview show. Although, I mean, I happen to think he's a very good interviewer. Um, it, you know, I think I that, have quibbles with that, but yes, I think. Well, I think that he manages to if he if he establishes a decent rapport with a guest, and because he tends to, he asks them different questions than other interviews exactly. would ask. He tends to ask them about their life. Well, he asks them about things in his life that are an issue for him. Well, not always. Well, but, but I mean, everyone's going to be asked if they have drug or alcohol addictions. No, no, not necessarily. Yes, they are. Not necessarily. And it, but if they've ever come anywhere near Lorne Michaels, you'll certainly ask about that. Sure. Lorne Michaels, the producer of Saturday Night Live. Right. And I think, well, it's funny because there are now references to that show in a lot of other, um, it, like the new Arrested Development series has re- references to it, <laughs> which I was like, I was floored by. Like, that's kind of bizarre that it's, it's that much of a cultural thing that, you know, um, and I guess my other tip for if you're starting to listen to podcasts is don't listen to only the ones that are interviewing or have guest stars that you love. Like, and mm-hmm. I think that's a really easy way for me to get into a new podcast. Like, I like WTF, but I only listen to ones that are people I like being interviewed. Yeah, I do. I've done that, but I then also found that I, I mean, being introduced to somebody I'd never heard of totally. or, or has been really good. But I think the first, the easiest way to get into sure. it is listen to like five. If, it's a, if it's a guest-driven podcast. Right. Like I've been trying to get into Harmontown, which is uh, Dan Harmon, who is the writer and creator of um, a showrunner of uh, Community. Again, he was fired and then came back. And I just could not do it at mm-hmm. all. I just did not get it. And I love Community. Um but listening to the ones of his that were kind of with guests I really liked, um, that helped. Yeah, I, th- I mean, that is a way to get into it, I agree. And that's sort of um, another podcast, Nerdist, which I don't love, which is also amongst one of the top popular podcasts and has turned into a whole network. It's hosted by Chris Hardwick, who yeah. you may know from Singled Out. <laughs> from, from the uh, 90s on MTV, but then... <laughs> You know, uh, pursued a career in stand-up comedy and then was in Rock of Ages um, in L.A., uh, played the lead character uh, there. And so, you know, I had kind of a media career, but then started this podcast network. And again, it's called a a comedy podcast. And while he's a stand-up comedian and his co-hosts are stand-up comedians. I think he started interviewing a lot of comedians, but now it has definitely broadened. Like, he interviewed Tom Hanks recently. Yeah. Well, and uh, yeah, and and, I, and that was one I really only listen to if there's one I really want to hear because they tend to be 
epically long. Yeah. They tend to, I, it's sometimes two hours plus. And they tend to be about Chris Hardwick, too. Yeah. Because, which I actually like because I find his life sort of interesting. Like, his dad was a professional bowler and he right. has lots of weird bowling stories. I don't, I, it's interesting. I don't, I, I, um, I, listen, I started listening to Nerdist because I heard him on WTF. Because I heard, and I, and I thought, oh, okay, this guy's got more depth to him than I, of course, had uh, thought, uh, because I only remembered him as the guy on, you know, Singled Out sure. from the 90s, um, the dating, a dating program on MTV uh, with Jenny McCarthy, um, back when I presume she still took vaccines. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know, and I, and I started listening to it, and, and I like it, but yeah, it can be epically long, and I also find that, right, it, it can be, they, they do, they have a lot of tangents that, that I think go nowhere. I think they don't use the guests to the best No, they effect. don't. I mean, I think there are a lot of tangents where it's just the hosts joking around, which is great. I mean, it's fine, but like, you know. And some guests really uh, get into it. Get into it, or, or it's like a Henry Rollins guest, where basically you just turn him on and let him go. Right. And he's just going to run the show whether or not you like it. Which I do. There are some podcasts I like that about that, so I'm going to get into it. Like, uh, Jordan Jesse Go, which is um, on the Maximum Fun Network. Um, is totally just two guys who have known each other since college. Um, and they, there's always a guest, usually someone I've never heard of. I mean, they really dig deep in the comedy world where it's like someone I'm like, who? I mean, sometimes they do have very, fairly famous guests. But usually it's it's like pretty esoteric guests. I mean, like um, recently I think they had Jenny Jardin, who is not even a comedian, but she's like a writer for Boing Boing. People who are not, you wouldn't immediately think of on a comedy podcast. And um, it's super rambly. It's like everything I would have said I hated, but I really just like their their together jokey. I think there's an interesting point about podcasting. Um, as it's developed, is that is that you have these kind of two major genres. One are ones that really act more like a radio show, and they're ones that act more like a personality driven talk show. That's not unlike. I mean, if you think about Rush Limbaugh as, right. a, as a talk show host, it's really personality driven. And, that, and, and, and in many cases, what people don't listen to Rush Limbaugh, like liberals or liberals who don't like to get angry, <laughs> um, don't, don't always realize is that there's a good portion of, like, say, Rush Limbaugh show that's comedy. It's personality driven to an extent. It's, it's why it's driven. called the Rush Limbaugh show. And yeah. Not, like news program. Exactly. Right. And, and <laughs> with Rush Limbaugh. Right. And it's not called like fresh air because right. it's not all guest driven. And I think that that's another and, and where Jordan uh, Jesse Go, which I have not listened to, although uh, I, I, I like um, uh, Jesse, you know, mm-hmm. I like I like his other Je- podcast. Jesse. Lord. So the other thing is, I think most networks have a an anchor show, which for Maximum Fun definitely was Sound of Young America, now Bullseye. And um, then they have sort of like a comedy team. Most of them have like a, co- a bunch of comedy team shows. Where and they it's produce too- John Hodgman's podcast they do. now. Uh, yeah, the Judge, Judge, Judge John, John Hodgman. It's yes. hard to say. Um, and they have a couple of others that I, I enjoy. But Casper um, Hauser is on there. Uh, I don't know. I don't. They have a mom show now. Interesting. Um, a show for mo- hip moms. And, and that's an and I mean that's a really interesting example because it's it's a podcast network that grew out of a public radio show. Totally, you know, and and a college radio show, a actually. college radio show that. Um, yeah, I, I believe Jordan Jessica was actually their first show. Okay, but then but then um, you know they kept they've done it since they they were in college and he together. started marketing it to public radio stations and it started getting picked up and then he started podcasting it and you know the sound of young America which. He then has changed to the calling bullseye. Right. And I think 
there's a theme between this and uh, what the fuck and uh, Dave Hill, which I know you're going to mm-hmm. mention. Um, and they're all in someone's house. And it's really I think there's an aspect they do ask different questions than a normal uh, like radio an- show would. And there is always like a weird acknowledgement when someone so- sort of semi-famous is in their house, you know, and I think there's right. an element of that that I really enjoy. Like Mark Marin famously does it in his garage. And I'm sure right. at this point he probably still does it in his garage because that's his thing. Like at this point, he could probably afford to do it in his like right. rent studio time or build a studio, which is what a lot of other, you know, podcast networks have done. But I think that's his thing. And of course, now he's got a television show on IFC. That sort Which of, is being advertised on every single podcast. Yeah, on well, Earth. that's their that that's their audience. IFC's figured that out, right? Um, so I want to get into some recommendations. I think okay. we need to go. So you go first because I've been talking. About okay. Some. Well, so you so I um, what do I want to start? <laughs> well, you can with? talk about Bullseye and why you like Bullseye. Well, because okay. it's not really one of my favorites. Okay. Uh, so it's fine. Um, you know. So actually, one I'm gonna I'm gonna veer off on one that is called Triangulation. Um, and it's which I've on never the Twit Network, which is sort of started with a podcast called This Week in Tech, um, hosted by a guy named Leo Laporte. And Leo Laporte's been a like a technology writer and journalist for like 25, 30 years. And he he has a radio show as well that's syndicated somewhere on the West Coast. But he, but that's not part of the podcast. But he he became most well known on media because he was part of something called Tech TV. And Tech TV was a cable channel and satellite channel in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s that started off as Ziff Davis TV. So Ziff Davis was a publisher of like PC Magazine. And so their idea was we're going to do a 24-hour network about technology and about computers and stuff. And Leo Laporte was one of the hosts. And they would have these like long three-hour afternoon talk shows that were sort of formatted like a Good Morning America, only it was all about you know, computers and they'd have call-ins and people would get helped and whatever. He's a fairly affable guy. He's a pretty good host. And that's kind of where he came to be well-known amongst technology heads. He did a lot of um, Mac events. Oh, yeah. Yeah, whenever there was like a big Mac Mac event or or something like that. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, that's how I knew of him. And and Tech TV got sold to G4 and is now just sort of absorbed into the G4 network, which is more about video games and... He left and he started the podcast network. And, he, and he's really kind of the real pioneer when it comes to podcast networks. His is really the first that's really that really made it. And he's got – and so he has all these This Week in branded podcasts. There was one for a while this week in radio technology even. But there's This Week um, in technology, This Week in, I don't know, all these other things. Yeah, I mean I feel like um, if there's any specific interest you have, like there mm-hmm. is definitely like five podcasts podcast. about it. Um, and I think also, um, any event you're going to go to, like we mentioned Macworld, there's, you know, I'm going to, um, San Diego Comic-Con and there's like five podcasts about it. So, I mean, which is helpful. Like I'll, I'll subscribe to those for like the month before an event and then totally drop them. And I think he also sort of pioneered or really set a format that's also very popular in podcasting, which is sort of, it's like the panelist podcast. There's like a regular crew of three to six people that you know you, three are usually pretty there all the time and maybe they rotate on other people and they basically just talk about 
the news in their particular industry, you know, and he kind of guides them along with the stories, but then everybody kind of opines. I personally dislike this format because I never listen to things in a timely manner. Right. Well, right. It, I mean, I do think it's definitely a program that, right, listening to one that's three weeks old doesn't do you any good. Right. You really have to be interested in it. And triangulation, I like in particular because it is, it, it's only, it's an interview format. Evergreen. It's evergreen. And he picks, and he called it triangulation because there used to be, he had a co-host. And so I think the idea was that they triangulate. The co-host is no longer on, but he still calls it triangulation. Um, and he interviews like old school tech luminaries and these are people often people who like when i was like a young nerdy kid in like the 80s i looked up to like nolan bushnell who started atari um it was a guest and there's this guy jerry pornell who is a science fiction writer and wrote a column in Byte magazine for like 30 years about technology and just an interesting point of view. And he had like a two part interview with this guy. And so it's really, I mean, it's a fairly esoteric area, but like, um, Michael Robertson who started mp3.com, uh, back in the uh, early two thousands now runs DAR FM, digital audio recorder FM. He was on, it's all these like, kind of like, and it's not the usual like tech tech entrepreneurs, the, you know, it's not the Twitter guys. It's, it's like people who've been in it for like 25 or 30 years, but are still relevant in some way. And it's usually a, a, a well, he's a good interviewer. He knows enough. He, he really draws his guests out and he keeps it to about, you know, an hour. Right. And, and, and it's well done. And I really enjoy that one a lot. It's called Triangulation. Um, and it's one that, again, like, if if I got four or five stacked up, it's going to be interesting and I'm, I'm going to enjoy it. Well, I'm going to go with, with ones that I know you listen to, but it's possibly not on your list. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that it's more than one, but it's all surrounding one performer, if you will. I don't know what you call him. Um, but yeah, it's the podcast of Merlin Mann, who is <laughs> my spirit animal. Um, um, so, and, and it's related because Merlin Mann used to be big on Leo Laporte's. Uh, yeah, I guess yeah. so. Yeah, it used to be on and sort of how he became the, famous. Uh, on more of their, their Mac, Mac. Uh, podcast. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, his he used to be sort of an efficiency expert, I would guess, like sort of a productivity expert. Productivity, yeah, yeah. life hacks kind life of Life hacks, and he's decided that's sort of bullshit and has moved on. And he's in a bunch of um, podcasts. One is more of an interview format on the 5x5 network. 5x5 does mostly tech stuff as well. Um, although they've been now branching, branching out, out of comics and music and they have, uh, some food ones too, cause they're run by paleo people. Oh yeah. Um, but, uh, so Dan Benjamin runs the five by five network and he's like, I think a really good interviewer and so, um, sort of interviewer, but like he's such a good straight man, I guess well, that's what right. he is, you he, know, he is definitely much more in the style of an, an afternoon AM radio talk show host yeah. and somebody who knows he's really good on the throttle so he knows when to jump in and move things along he yeah. knows when to how to how to anchor a show and really keep it going all on his own but he knows when to step back and to let a guest shine I yeah think. and so his their show together is back to work which i would say is 50 50 sometimes it's about um sort of productivity and becoming a better person and then 50 percent wacky random bullshit which sometimes drives me fucking crazy it's funny because they do talk about their audience and some are like oh the random bullshit episodes i hate and then other they referenced a review i wrote once really yeah yeah, i mean they didn't they 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 didn't reference it directly right 
but they quoted me. So what did you say? <laughs> I basically said it's great. Uh, it's often great when you get past all the random, you know, in jokes and comic book references. It is like in that. joke. It is like wall to wall jokes, right? Um, but I think it's hilarious, um, and I love it. Uh, I think they're really funny. Um, there was a great episode. I, I think they always refer to episode seven as being their episode. Um, but there is a great episode where they both talk about their OCD in bathrooms, which is insanity. Which I couldn't. I couldn't take. I couldn't take it because it's it <laughs> like is, they, neither of them touch a surface. No, in the and, and it's crazy. I guess that that I hit my limit on that. Well, I actually yes. had to take a big break from back to work. Okay, I, because yeah, I of it. that episode. Really. That they continue well, so they they talk a lot about Howard Hughes and their obsessions <laughs> the with aviator, Howard Hughes and the Aviator and Glengarry Glen and Glengarry Glen yeah Glengarry Glen Ross is and of frequently course, the, the Big to Lebowski the big and that's Lebowski. okay I, I can deal with that can I can I feedback on that yeah one? Oh, totally on, on please the, so I mean I only learned about Five by Five I never would have heard about it because I was a reader of Merlin Mann's website which is called 43 folders which i learned about his old website his, yeah. well but he, he was updating it up until okay. he's against it now he I is think. but he was updating it until he started the podcast or at least a little bit uh, because i was a frustrated doctoral student trying to get my shit done and so i was using some of the techniques in this system called getting things done uh copyright david allen co <laughs> 2001 or whatever <laughs> i knew you were gonna do that uh, and he, that's an inside joke. That and you the forty three folders is was kind of in and around that stuff until he kind of burned out on it. But Merlin Man also known famously for popularizing the idea of in box zero and the hipster PDA and the hipster PDA, which is a bunch of index cards. Yeah, it's really silly. Held together by a uh, I love index a, cards a, though. A clip, uh, folder, uh, whatever binder yeah. clip. Anyway, yeah, I mean, I think he he's an interesting guy because I think he he actually has a lot. He does have really good insights on on how you can really get things done and how also you balance that with the inevitable rat hole that people go down a rabbit hole of spending all their time worrying about productivity without ever actually being productive, you know, with rearranging their workspace and trying to get the yeah. inbox zero or wanting the minimalist workspace. I totally like 43 folders. Yeah. And I thought, but I thought it was a really good, and then it, he made an announcement there said, well, after many attempts to do my own podcast, dot, 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 I've now finally, agreed to do one on this network, and which I'd never ne- fucking heard of. And they had never met. Yeah, they, yeah, they had they never met And they recently person. met years later. Yeah. yeah. And Dan Benjamin just kept, I guess, apparently cajoling him and bothering him until Merlin finally said, Let's, okay, I'll do right. it. And Merlin, I mean, he's he's sort of a... The reason why I, I like the podcast is that there are times when I, I can't listen to the whole one because he is completely ADD. Yes. Diagnosed. Definitely. And, he, and, and, and they have talked about that as well. And that I found more interesting. And so so he can be kind of all off the wall. And it can be, there'll be like an hour and a half podcast. And they won't get into anything substantive for 45 no, minutes. No, it's totally true. And and I mean, the index cards play a role where it's like, oh, we hit this subject. I'm going to write that down because we're going to get back to that yeah. eventually. And I do think it is, if you... It is not. It is a fairly challenging podcast if you don't already know or like some of his work. Um, but I do think uh, if you look at the subject headings, um, the the productivity stuff I I find really useful. I really like it, and you can definitely tell like the 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 titles are funny things. But usually there's like this is an episode all about using OmniFocus, or this is an episode all about this sort of productivity thing. Mm-hmm. And those, I mean, especially if you need help in that area, which God knows we do. Um, 
I find very useful. And it, it could also be productivity porn in its own way, but yeah, enjoyable. Totally. And and I do think the fact that it it is wacky and sometimes inscrutable is is part of its charm. Yes. It, it just to me, it's it, for me on any given episode, it's the balance. There's also an episode about they're both from Florida and they hate Florida, which I listened to right I after to I came back from Florida, one. which was I, amazing. Know, for whatever reason, that one passed me by. Shocking. And and I need to go listen to it. But so I would say I'm going to on this tangent, I'm going to talk about like four of them because he has like three other podcasts, which I also listen to. And I also highly recommend um, all in a different situation. You look nice today. Is he still making that again? They are still making it. They take breaks and like, you know, so it doesn't come out super frequently. I would say it comes out like quarterly, maybe Mm. Um, is him and Scott Simpson and don't know the name of the other guy i forgot but it's sort of a comedy it's very like a dada comedy podcast which i think is really funny you and, know i'm not i may have listened to one episode once many years ago um and it's all it's three guys who know each other on twitter like until the, it's, it's another thing where they didn't meet until fairly um far into it and then uh roderick on the line which i would say is my number one podcast at the moment it's um Merlin Mann and John Roderick, who is a singer from um, The Long Winters. He was also in Harvey Danger. Um, yeah, someone I'd never heard of. Yeah, and me I listened either. to it because he mentioned it on right. Back to Work. Right. It's also super in jokey, but it's a lot about Nazis. <laughs> so if you want to. Well, and, and that's really more about. I mean, it's all really about John Roderick. Totally. Being. A strange dude. He's really strange. Who grew up in Alaska. Yeah, it's a lot about, and he like walked, literally walked ac- across Europe, and then his dad is like a, a congressman, so it's about wacky growing up in Alaska, and, and his, the and, government, and they're ev- like, not actually how the government is out to get you, but like, the government. And he's definitely one of these guys who has like that life philosophy. Like oh, totally. he isn't like he has an airtight life philosophy where everything fits together, even if it only maps onto John Ronrick's world. Right. And there's a lot about the business of indie rock and yeah. like other indie rock bands. Like he's very good friends with Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses. So Duff McKagan comes up a lot. Oh, really? Yeah. And, I, I missed that because <laughs> so I only listen occasionally. Like I guess Duff McKagan's been in basically every band in Seattle at what, at one time. That's right. And, um, and, and it's turned into quite the entrepreneur. Yeah, he like managed his money properly and is a nice guy. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, there and and just every Seattle band that could possibly, ex- you know, exist, he's played with. And so a lot of it is about that. Um, yeah, no, I just think it's a really funny show. There's not one episode I could tell you about because it's like, it's just guys talking. Yeah. And their chemistry is good. Yes. Right. I, I have to, I have to admit that. And I, I don't know why I don't listen more. I think it's because sometimes I would want to listen to it at the gym and I look like a lunatic because yeah, I start it's very cracking funny. up yeah, in the it's middle super of, funny. you know, being on the elliptical machine. Right. So I think it's your turn because I did like four. At well, once. well, so I do have one on, on the fi- on the five by five network. Okay, that I love and 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 that's called Quit, right? And so we've had our Quit episodes here and we've mentioned it, I think. The, you yes, know, but it's it's about you know, and it's hosted by Dan Benjamin who uh, wants you to quit your corporate stooge job to the or kick it to that's the curb. The phrase. That's you the kick phrase your corporate stooge job to the to the curb. And you're, you're a corporate stooge when you're wearing khakis and and a uh, and a polo shirt tucked in with it with a brown leather belt. Uh, and you work in a cube and you're, you know, stuck in you're commuting to work and hating it and listening to podcasts on your way to work or listening to talk on your way to work, but you hate it. And 
it came at, you know, he started producing it at a time when I was very susceptible to the idea because I was making plans to quit my job. But I think that what I, I think he, he does a really good job. I mean, I think uh, of really getting around that idea and that topic and not being completely, and, and it was really recently, the show's gotten even better. He's been bringing in a lot of guests who are recent entrepreneurs who make really interesting things. And really talking about how did they make that jump into doing their own thing and what makes it good and talking about all the dynamics around going from having a job to really doing your own thing and becoming your own boss and and not being only like that's the only way to go or that's the only thing that's legitimate because I don't think he's trying to make that point. In some cases, he often he will say in a show now, which is on maybe it's only about 30 episodes in, will say, well, you know. You know, maybe, you know, I should pick a new show title because it's not just about quit. It's more about finding work that you're happy with in a way. And it, and it's obviously very going to be very tech biased. But I also enjoy the fact that Dan Benjamin is a English major who got into tech, which is, you know, I was in, in IT for, for years and years. I'm an English major, too. So it's not just about programmers or just about people who are who are hardcore computer science types, but about people who are. In, in in an online environment, I guess for the most part, it's a call-in show. I would also add yeah, that. And it, yeah. So in there, that's a show where he bridges that divide between, and a lot of the Twitch shows do this too, between a radio show and a podcast, and that they broadcast it live online. And he takes call. He doesn't take calls every show, mm-hmm. and, and I think it's often. I'm sure it must frustrate people because you never know when he's going to actually roll into the calls. And on the shows where he doesn't have a guest. That's the sh- that's the time in which it is the most like an AM radio talk show. It's the most like tuning into like WLS in Chicago or into WOR in New York or BBC in New York, where it's more like that AM afternoon drive time where the host can kind of vamp and it's brought in stories and headlines to talk about and then goes to calls. And I think he does it very well. I think he's very good at it. And if you have any sort of inkling that you might want to be independent or or if you like our podcast, I think it's a podcast you'd like. I actually don't love it, but I, I do, know you don't. Love I know it. I have issues with it. But um, and what are your issues? Uh, I find the call-ins annoying and repetitive. I, I just don't think they're very good. And then I do think that a lot of it. They've gotten better. I, I, that's what you keep telling me. A lot of it, I think, depends on its. Uh, I think. There is an idea that you could work at an actual job that is not a corporate stooge job that they never really get into. And I do think that they get into yeah, that, too. Yeah, and they're too. getting better. Yeah. Um, but, and it's too tech-focused, for my, for my opinion. And I agree then with you there. I think the other... The other thing is like it's very much like well you can quit your job because your spouse always has a, has the insurance and has the you know um, like, I don't think they ever make it. That I think easy. I, I think there is there is a lot of like talking about that and um, that frustrates me. And then there's just I just don't like stupid call call in shows where there's like a person who's like I have everything going for me. Should I quit my job? You know, like sure. where their answer is like very lately clear. they've been better about screening. Yeah, the calls. now that they screen calls, it's a lot better. Yeah, I just it's sort of the same show every week to me. And and I guess for me, I don't need I don't need no. I, and I get how that how it can seem that way that I should quit. Um, and because lately with the interviews, yeah, I, I think the interviews does make me sense has really made it more, a lot better. Makes it more appealing to me. Yeah. Oh hi. Welcome to the halfway point of Jenny and Paul sellout number 21. This is Paul here to remind you that you can always get the fresh episodes at our website, selloutpodcast.com. You'll also find our show notes there so you can follow along just like the opera or minor league baseball. 
for this very special podcast episode about podcasting. Uh, this is where you'll find all the feeds to load into your favorite podcast player. Hey, and, and, and since there's a 75% chance you're using iTunes or Stitcher, why not leave us a review or click some stars while you're there, huh? Please? Then follow us on Twitter, at Sellout Podcast, and like us and love us. On Facebook, facebook.com slash Podcast. We try to make it easy, see? It's all just Sellout Podcast. We're the only one. And then wherever, you, wherever you're talking to us or looking at us, tell us what you like or what you don't like, and tell us about your favorite podcaster. We're not assuming it's us, really. Now, we'll tell you more about who we like. So, uh, I, my next one is a new one. I just started listening to it a couple of weeks ago. It's on the Mule Network. It's called Like I'm an Idiot. And it's pretty short. It's like 15 minutes at the most. And it's a guy who works for Mule, I believe. He's um, an English major. He uh, has written and produced several Hollywood screenplays. Um, and he... Um, Asks you to ask his guests to explain something they are an expert in to him, like he is an idiot. Okay. And um, so there's a great episode about prog rock, which I think you personally would enjoy. Mm-hmm. And then um, my, the what I listened to most recently that was really really excellent the, the, was um, mansplaining. <laughs> and someone, a woman, um, said, I guess she she tweeted about how the thing that she had most been mansplained to was Steely Dan. <laughs> and, and and so <laughs> so she he he yeah. she came on and so basically he he gives the person his estimation of what he thinks the topic is then they explain it and then he has to tell them again uh to see if to see if he's really doing the right thing and she said actually on the show which i think our viewers would enjoy that she actually thinks that rush has been mansplained to her more than steely dan so, so. um i i, I kind of would guess at our listeners know what mansplaining is but maybe you should uh... well so in the episode they they say there's maybe two definitions one being when a man explains to a woman something that in a condescending way that she clearly knows more about than he does but he is just trying to explain it mm-hmm. um because she couldn't possibly know or i mean this that's like sort of the sexist like, like, definition right like when when a uh, say like a male academic explains right. um gender bias right to to a woman and then the second one is when someone of either gender is sort of what they get to um explains something to an audience that clearly has no interest <laughs> and <laughs> really just rush yeah right and really is just like in and in a way that's like i'm nerding out on this a lot i know a ton about this and it, you need to know about this so that um, you can understand me personally. And until you agree with me about this subject, mm-hmm. you will never really fully be um, accepting me. All right. Well, I will have so, to listen to yeah, that it's a great, one. It's a great show. Um, here's one that I only, I've only started listening to recently. And um, it, it's uh, the Mental Illness Happy Hour. Um and the host name is Paul Gilmartin is the host. And I guess he was known be- for hosting a show called is it Dinner and a Movie, I think. It's on like TBS or something like that. Yeah. So it was a uh, – where basically he was just a host for, of, a, of, a, of a movie show. It was the replacement for Up All Night. Was it? Well, yes. That would have been USA. But it was like their version of Up uh, All okay. Night. Okay. 
but I think it was it wasn't on all night. It was on earlier in the yeah, evening. Yeah, it's like it's like, like a Friday, Friday night. Saturday night, right? You don't actually have a date, so you're right. Yeah, it's like him and a lady, and they make food, and they yeah, yeah and they watch the movie, and they make they comments in between the sure. movie. Yeah, so I which I I watched maybe once or twice because I was home alone and watching <laughs> movies on basic cable, but um. And I again, it was another one of these things where I first heard about him because he was on Marin's show, in which point he basically says, you know, I feel like I stole your shtick, Mark. Uh, you know, I recreated my life because he, he was depressed. He was out of work because they finally canceled his show. And he started this mental illness happy hour because he's, you know, been somebody who has struggled with anxiety and depression and alcoholism and sort of talks more specifically about that and he's definitely somebody who i mean part of the show is him talking about his problems but he fights on guests of all different stripes so some are other actors or comedians who talk about their own issues with mental illness or depression or anxiety and some are he invites on listeners of the program who come on or people who are in different um, mental illness trades. He, a really riveting program was somebody who worked in, um, he was anonymous, but he uh, worked in family services and talked about having to go make like in a very poor place somewhere in like, sound like like near Appalachian, maybe in, in Pennsylvania or something, and talked about having to go do site visits and things like that. And that was a that was a riveting program. Um, and I, I've always had a side interest in, in sort of mental illness or in psychology. And, and I was once thought I'd be a cognitive scientist. So I find it very interesting and discussing about it and hearing people share their issues. Um, and I think he does, for the most part, does a pretty good job. And, and, and again, does really well in balancing between um, my mother molested me, which is the big issue he struggles with. And I was an alcoholic and things like that. And as well, talking and getting other people to share and, and speak, I think, really honestly and productively about these issues. I mean, he has them, you know, he has regular segments where people will share their fears and they have like a fear off where they each talk about their irrational fears and they try to top <laughs> each other with irrational fears. And then he has on his website, you can write in about like some like things I'm ashamed about that secretly nobody else knows about and things like that. And he reads them on air. Um, you know, and I can't, I go through stages. I can't where I'm like, I know I can't, fucking take this right now but um for the most part I, I think if you have any sort of interest in 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 like coping with these things um if you've ever dealt with them and maybe even gotten through them it can be it could be a really interesting podcast and for considering this topic you it doesn't there's not a lot of um sort of uh oh poor me like it is fair amount of non-self-pitying that's cool i am you you're bumming me out so i'm gonna go right. something funny yes <laughs> Uh, Mike and Tom eat snacks. Um, it's with Michael Ian Black and Tom Cavanaugh. Oh, that's an, is that a new one? No, it's not that new. Okay. They just start. They just started on Nerdist. They got picked okay. up. Um, it is what it says on the box. Mike and Tom, they're friends. Um, they eat snacks. So viewers can viewers, and this is the main joke in joke. And we know they're not viewers. Viewers um, send in snacks okay <laughs> various kind they also get their own snacks but then they rate them on a you know a system and it's longer than you would think and a lot of it is is that i i find michael ian black to be hilarious if you like me michael ian black you would like the show um but and they talk a little bit about their families but it's mainly a, it really is about the snack like it is like 20 to 40 solid minutes about snacks 
And I, I think, buy that. Yeah, no, it's great. And especially when it's snacks you've already eaten, so you know. Um, but, like, there are ones where, um, like, they had to eat some Jelly Belly uh, pudding. Ch- very cherry, sour cherry pudding or something, which I think is still the worst uh, one, and that is a great episode because I, it, it seems to be like a chemical burn. It seems to be like eating a chemical <laughs> burn. Um, but yeah, that it's I, I think it's just hilarious, and especially if you're just like walking around, it's a, or cleaning the house. That's what I listen to. Uh, uh, that sounds good. Although Michael Ian Black is somebody who you love or hate, and I, I neither. I think I alternately love or hate. Okay, yeah, you know, depending he can on be a real jerk, and I think. I mean, that's obviously his character under his name, Michael Ian Black, is he's a jerk. And I think he's a little less his character on this show. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think he is sometimes a jerk to Tom Cavanaugh, but like, it's not wall to wall shtick. Okay. Um, Yeah, that would be nice. I might like that. Well, going on on the on the uh, comedy side of things, and one I really I really like, but I don't listen to often enough, is Comedy Bang Bang, and it's something my brother Kyle Reese Mandel, Doctor Kyle Reese Mandel, introduced <coughs> me to. So right now I know he's getting angry listening to this, going, "Wait, I want to talk about it." So we'll have him on to talk about comedy podcasts some other time. But um, I introduced me to, and now it's a television show as well um, on IFC. It was the first podcast turned television show on IFC. Um, and the host name is slipping out of my head now. Um, but he, he was a writer on Conan O'Brien. He, he was a performer and writer. Scott, Scott Ackerman. Ackerman. Thank you. Yeah. Who is, who then started the Earwolf podcasting network, but this is sort of their anchor show. Um, and its central conceit is that it's an interview show where everything goes wrong. So he usually has on a, a name guest, usually another comedian, but sometimes other actors depends on how good they are. Uh, so Weird Al Yankovic is often a guest, and he's a great podcast guest, actually. Um, and then there will be a surprise guest, um, and that surprise guest sometimes might be um, Andrew Lloyd Webber, <laughs> or it might be uh, one of my favorites was an FBI agent who only patrols diners he's a diner agent and so he's like (laughs) all he eats is diner food and so he's completely unhealthy and can't really move and they they just and usually the conceit is they just stumble in and and introduce themselves and they say okay well you might as well sit down and so it's essentially then a um an improv you know, comedy thing where, but then there's a setup and then the the guest has to sort of respond and work with Scott Ackerman on it. And then they do have regular um, segments like the rap battle where, <laughs> where the, where the guests will have to be in a rap battle. And it is usually hysterical because the, he's got this, you know, uh, crew of, of other comedians who come in and do the impressions or do the, um, come, come in. Um, Paul F. Tompkins, is is one of the comedians who is one of those guys I never would have heard of except for he's on all these podcasts and and I watched like his Showtime special and I thought he was didn't think he was that funny but I think he's hysterical on on podcasts but the one I would recommend is the Weird Al Yankovic and Andrew Lloyd Webber which is Paul F Tompkins is Andrew Lloyd Webber and it's it's hysterical <laughs> and 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 Weird Al Yankovic does a great job of playing both straight man. And being hysterical at the same yeah. time. And it, it's a really good one. But I don't listen to it so much because I often will listen to – well, I was listening to podcasts while commuting and I was on a bicycle. 
listening in one ear. And so laughing hysterically in the bicycle is not so good. And I also Why do you have such a problem laughing in public to yourself? I don't feel Well, like... no, it just becomes difficult to control the <laughs> I bicycle. I see. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were just really embarrassed that you could Well, in the, in the gym, yeah. I mean, there's snickering, but then there's like <laughs> falling off the equipment, you know, or even on public transport, just like people do look at you like you're a they maniac. Do. They do look at so, you funny. But, but so you whereas, get that extra seat next to you. Yeah, no one there is that. So, but it, being like at home cleaning or something like that, it's fine to laugh. But Comedy Bang Bang, it's a classic, but it, it is really that good. Um, so I, I'm going to do another twofer mm-hmm. because they're pretty similar. There's um, the Memory Palace, which is just got picked up on um, Maximum Fun. And um, I think it's interesting getting picked up like like there's yeah, not, like, isn't that weird? It's 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 like it's like getting signed to a label or it is like you or, get or, yeah they sold there, out. There, maybe there needs to be a draft like we can there should not, be a draft. You know, maybe we could get picked up by like a third rate podcast network. Maybe let's hope. Um, we're in like the Bush League. Yeah, triple <laughs> yeah, A ball. Yeah, we're we're hoping we're just hoping <laughs> we'll be us and the mud hens. Yeah. Um, and 99% Invisible, which, um, so, uh, which is on, I think it's, it comes out of San Francisco on their public radio, although the podcast is longer. Um, and it is, um, sort of, uh, both of them are sort of tell stories in a, a very, you know, this American life gripping sort of way. Um, Memory Palace, uh, the host is Nate DeMeo. It's, um, a history podcast and that sounds super boring but it's usually like five or ten minutes and um it'll be about like one of the recent episodes was about coney island and how um you know coney island started and how they you know branded themselves and it's it's not facts it's like a story being told Mm. um and i i group it together with 99 percent invisible because it's very similar um 99 invisible is um theoretically about architecture um and sometimes it is there was a really great one about um the county prison here in cook county which is downtown um so it's this gigantic size skyscraper type building um and why it was chosen to be the way it is um and then a lot of times it's about urban planning the the i think the best episode is about um it's i think it's called the modern moloch it's about um, driving and cars and like how cars, we think of the fact that cars always own the road. And it's sort of about how the idea that that was something so totally sold to people, it really wasn't actually historically accurate. Um, and his, and 99% Invisible, I think, has the added bonus of being a little bit, I'll compare it to Story Lab as well, or Radio Lab, sorry, where it's a lot of it is about the sound. So it's definitely kind of like a play where a radio play where there's lots of sounds um, integrated into the storytelling. You know, so I'll, I have one that's similar, but in a, in a certain way, it's the uh, Notebook and Cities and Culture, uh, hosted by Colin Marshall, who was also a public radio producer host. And he's about um, uh, Jesse, uh, Jesse Thorne? Thorne's age ish. He's like in his early 30s, late 20s, early 30s. And his is also on the Maximum Fun Network. Although what he's done with his podcast is he kickstarts it every season because what he does is he travels to different cities to produce it. So, and then he, he talks to a number of different people in each city. And so in the last season, I know he did Portland, Oregon, he did Mexico City. I know now he wants to, he did Tokyo and, and really interesting cities. And he talks to artists and writers and all sorts of people who, like there's a reason why he's 
interviewing them, but they're not necessarily widely known, maybe outside of their own sphere. And he's a good interviewer, and but they're always sort of talking about place, and usually their place they're in, even if it's not... It's not, you know, all necessarily like, well, tell us about Portland, tell us about Tokyo, but it's sort of like your relationship to the city and how it influences what you do or doesn't influence what you do. One of my favorite episodes is he uh, talked with the guy who runs the Hollywood Theater, which is a movie theater in the Hollywood uh, district of Portland, Oregon. And that guy has apparently one of the largest collections of Kung Fu films on film. And they talked about that, and and so and it's sort of a sort of a, a revival repertory theater, but it's kind of just this guy runs it. I mean, it's it's very idiosyncratic, but because he's really into kung fu films, he um, you know, he shows a lot of kung fu films. But talked about how he came in to possess all these kung fu films, and talk about how that fits in with being in Portland or being in, in particular on the West Coast. And I think it it it's one of those things where. I'm not going to go looking for the episodes where I know the person because, you know, for two thirds of them, I really haven't heard of the person. I know very little about them, but most of the time it manages to be very interesting and he does a really nice job in interviewing. And I like that it's, you know, not a public radio show, that it is a podcast. So he's very good about making them come out regularly. Um, yeah, I would I would add that 99% Invisible also did the Kickstarter thing mm-hmm. and they did it because they, they are in public radio. Um but people kept asking them to have more episodes and longer episodes. And, and the guy was like, uh, almost no one ever asks <laughs> a radio show to be longer, you know? Um, so the idea was that sort of um, he does the set amount for the radio, but actually um, it, there's more money in it for him to do it for people who are subscribing. So, um, Oh, yeah, there's it, there's very little money in, in public radio outside of the, the major distribution channels. But I thought it was a really interesting idea that, it, you know, he was like, oh, this is actually a podcast. This is not I started this as a radio show because I mm-hmm. thought that was my audience. But in fact, this is a podcast. Um, so I'm going to go into some deep cuts, maybe not appropriate for everyone. OK, um, the old timey country down home red state update podcast. Um, Red State Update is, um, it, it was a YouTube channel. I mean, it still is. Um, and it's these two guys. They, I think they now live in LA. Um, they're from Murfreesboro, Tennessee. They sold out. Well, they don't say they're from, they don't say they're in LA. They're characters. So they play two characters who are, um, a guy who owns sort of like a, a general store and his drunk, uh, prostitute so the, going friend. <laughs> the, uh, the Larry the Cable guy of podcasting? Sort of. I mean, I think they're, they're, they clearly are liberal, um, but they sort of play this character, and it's super funny. Um, they were in, if you remember the YouTube debates when they had for presidential, they asked a question. So they come up around political uh, uh, times more frequently, and basically um, their their video program on YouTube is definitely far more focused on like what is the news of the week. Um, but this this po- this podcast is is similar, um, but it's sort of over an hour, um, and it sort of develops the backstory of their town, which is hilarious. And like they have sponsors that are like the prostitute, you know, TT Slot is our is our um, is giving us money to advertise for her. And like uh, anytime a big bo- blockbuster movie comes out, they do a, a review, and um, of course, uh, one of them, the the guy who owns the general store is very, very religious, and so he'll get offended by things. 
and it's just it's and then they talk a lot about you know obama and it's just it's super funny um it's just sort of a mockery of what um people think conservative small town people are like um it's it's funny you know, I'm I'm down to my last one here, which okay. is fine. So we don't, you know, we because in part, and I mentioned to you, I, I'm sort of, I, I get burned out on my list of, of podcasts and I keep wanting more, but it, I find them, which, which is why this is such a great service, I find it to be difficult to sort of sample, you know, to uh, to browse for podcasts. So um, th- you, you were doing me a service as well here, Jenny, <laughs> especially for the ones that I uh, that You, you too, I'm going to listen, listen to some of yours. Um, so my final one, oh, I have two more, actually. I, I lied. So uh, one is the Fogelnest Files. And so this is this guy, Jake Fogelnest, who basically hosted a very popular public access TV show in New York City when he was a teenager. But he's about, like, my age. I mean, he's, like, in his late 30s, he's, early 40s. He's actually, uh, I believe, my age. He's oh, a is friend he really? of a friend, yeah. Okay, is he really? So he's more, like, in the early 30s? Yeah, I think so. He's, like, mid early mid-30. to mid-30s. Okay. Yeah. And, but as a result, you know, he kind of got into stand-up comedy i'm not really sure how he sort of disappeared for a while yeah he kind of disappeared for a while but he was on mtv at one point yeah he right? was on mtv so he had a public public access show and it got picked up by mtv it was called Sport okay. tv and then you know it would be in his bedroom and people would like famous people would visit his bedroom and um through that i know he befriended a lot of people in music and um actors and started at ucb um, and so he, okay. Upright he was, Citizens yeah, Brigade, yeah. At Upright Citizens Brigade. Okay, so that's his backstory, which you know about nine. And this is one again that Kyle recommended to me, and it, and it's fairly new. It's it's got about forty episodes, but he does them weekly. And what they do is they sit down and they watch YouTube videos together that he curates for them. He usually. curates for them and, and gets sort of a response, you know. And and he picks things that he he thinks they would be interested in or maybe are from the guest past. Um an episode that I just recently listened to was with Fred Armisen. That's a great episode. I listened to that one too. Yeah, you know, and um where they watched some some music videos It's really all about punk rock. About punk yeah. rock and a little bit of SNL. Um yeah. and 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 you would think, and sometimes it is true, I'm a little frustrated that I can't see the video, though you do hear the audio. That was my major complaint, is but, that I, I li- it's not really a complaint, but I like don't listen to it very often because I feel like I have to be sitting at my computer and, and watching. But stuff. more often than not, I find that I get enough from their descriptions and from their banter. And it's really, what it's nice is that it's a way to have an interview without it being the same old interview, right? So, so say Fred Armisen, you know, okay, well, we can talk about Siren Live, we can talk about being on Portlandia. And you certainly do talk about those things, but there's you have these other things to talk about, and you get more interesting elements of their personality, I think, that can come out. I really enjoyed one with Ben Lee, who's who's a musician, Australian, who I think relocated to New York, who I really have no particular opinion about, but because they're both about the same age, and, and basically they, they looked at like 90s grunge culture videos and stuff, and which is, of course, totally... My nostalgia as well, and it ended up being a great episode. Um, and so I, I really enjoy it for that. And then I, I so I usually go in post hoc and go watch the videos afterwards <laughs> on, on YouTube. I don't like that sort of disorder. Sure. <laughs> 
it's my own it's your OCD. issue. That's why, that's why it's you have like, a library degree and I don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I have recently started listening to the Disinformation Podcast. Me too. Really? High five. I, and, and really just recently, though. Yeah. Have, have you listened to the Henry Rollins episode? No, I haven't. It's really awesome. It's like they get two minutes of talking in. It's weird. It, it varies really wildly from episode to episode. Does he tell new stories, though? Because some of his stories get a Yeah, no. It, it was about around the election, so he they talk about... They talk about um, what would make a person a good American in Henry Rollins' oh, okay. opinion, which is very interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it varies from episode to episode. Sometimes it's famous people. Sometimes it's not. Um, sometimes it's like real whack jobs. Yeah, sometimes it's really tinfoil hat time. <laughs> oh, yeah. I listened to one with Jesse Ventura, which is like... Oh, I was that one's in my queue. I've listened <laughs> oh, to it it's yet, great. it's in the queue. It's great. It's Jesse Ventura. And like... I, I guess I still haven't gotten a sense of how much the hosts really buy every conspiracy theory. Because on the Jesse Ventura episode, they're clearly like, why do you think that happened? Like, in a way that makes me think they're not fully bought in. Um, but like, well, It's a little Art Bell in that way. Yeah. Like, you never really know whether Art Bell... He's making fun of the person. Well, not making fun. Yeah. I Very rarely do yeah, they think he... But I think whether or not he really was buying in or whether he was just really drawing somebody out. Right, and I mean, the intro to the show, so it's based on the disinformation um, press stuff that is very, like, I mean, some of it is very whack job, but generally it's, you know, don't trust your government, they're not telling you these things. And those, most of them are pretty based in rationality, they're not like tinfoil hat things. Um, but it does cross the line, but it's, which is fine, I, there's a good one with John Ronson as well, who also interviews, you know, um, sort of tinfoil hat types. Um, I just, it, I think there's a lot of them that are with people who are not famous at all, who are either, like, there was one I, I saw the other day that was, um, a guy who just survived, you know, uh, fell out of a boat and survived at sea. Um, you know, people who are against a certain thing as certain, are into a certain conspiracy. And then there are people who have just sort of written books in the subject. Um, but, uh. The the intro makes it seem like it's a, a lot more tinfoil hat than I think it is. Uh, is uh, is it was it Richard Metzger? Yeah, was, he started. He started disinformation. They had a television show, series of books. There's still a website, and now he does a site called Dangerous Minds, which is great and and is a weird mix too because it's it's like a lot of that conspiracy theory and then a lot of like music from the late 60s early 70s in new york like it's yeah. well i mean it's sort of like yeah it's got a particular sort of like did you do early... acid in lower manhattan yeah. in 1969 you will love this blog well it's sort of sort of like early boing boing yeah like when boing boing when you felt like it i mean when you felt like there was a very specific editorial tone yeah which i don't think is there i would say one anymore. out of ten articles on dangerous minds is about the velvet underground <laughs> that's true right but <laughs> which i'm all for i but... find it dangerous minds you say conspiracy theory i find that it tends to be a lot more grounded it tends to, i mean it's totally. very much it's it, more cultural i think than theor- theory based i mean right. it's not it's not really super but it's pretty left it's left libertarian news. yeah totally um but it's not super concerned with news it's more concerned with like popular culture, culture. Yeah. yeah and then and, and i don't even know if he's still involved in disinformation i don't i don't he's know on either. the podcast yeah, he's not on the podcast um i'm not even sure how the guys on the podcast are related to disinformation yeah. um but i do it it is people talking about stuff that they don't really talk about on other podcasts um I like that. Where else is Jesse Ventura going to talk for an hour? Yeah, I haven't listened that. to a lot of them, so it didn't go up into one of my favorites yet. But I'm 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 dipping my toes in, in into that stream. It's great. 
Um, so now we have my final one, which we sort of previewed before. It's the Dave Hill podcasting incident, and again, it's a it's a podcast which is which I really which I like and can be frustrating. And that's uh, Dave Hill. Dave Hill's a comedian, and his comedic persona is roughly of the sort of like guy who's sort of like, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm the best podcaster and the best you know sort of comedian ever, and he's sort of very like, but not in that really I'm great in that sort of like, yeah, and I just kind of do whatever, like I kind of don't give a shit kind of way. And he pulls it off because I think he's funny. I recommended his book, um, Tasteful Nudes, a number of episodes back. And he does pull off the pers- that persona really well because he's not obnoxious and he's and he's not he's not like Michael Ian Black. Yeah, he, he's not he's not kind of like an asshole to people. He's, he's very nice to people. Yeah, he seems pretty humble. Doesn't he have some sort of stomach disorder? Uh, I, I seem to recall of. an episode where he talks about all the places he's shat. Oh, well, yeah, life. but that's just kind of right. And, and and so his approach to podcasting is very laissez-faire. It's very kind of like, well, we're just talking in my apartment, my little part, your apartment, or whatever. And I'll walk away and I'll go get, you want something to drink? I'll get you something to drink. And he'll walk away and leave the person just talking or leave the person there going, wondering. And the guests can, might be somebody he just knows, like a butcher or it might be a celebrity or another comedian or a supermodel or like whomever and and it's very it's it's completely it's a completely idiosyncratic podcast and that's what's great about it yeah but that's also what's frustrating about it because sometimes there's some episodes where it just clearly doesn't gel and the person is not know how to work with Dave Hill in the podcast medium and it's not great but strangely it got picked up by Sirius XM and it's on their one of their comedy. So is it channel. in his house still? It's yeah. It's still oh. like he record or in wherever his yeah, friend's whatever. house or wherever he happens to be, um, with very little, with very very little a uh, kind of um, reoccurring. There's very little in the way of reoccurring uh, bits and things like that. There was a taxidermist he talked a to. That one was yeah. very good. I haven't listened to that. I one I liked yet. that one. So yeah, it can be very good, and and uh, what is frustrating is that also when, uh, you know, there's often a description that comes up in the metadata when you're looking at an iTunes, and it, sometimes people give you actual information you can use in that metadata, and frequently, and his will not. be like the amazing Max Silvestri, and I'm like, great, I don't Who's know Max who that Silvestri, is, yeah. So at least throw me a bone, yeah. You know? And sometimes he does, and sometimes he doesn't. Yeah. Um, I do think that like uh, WTF. It is one of those that, like, the person talks for, like, the first 10 minutes about their own personal life that mm-hmm. I don't care about. And I fast forward through that until I get to the actual interview part. You know, I find that interesting. And I like that part about WTF as well. Yeah. So I, I realize that we're, we're different on those two we are. podcasts. I guess I will um, summarize my, my last ones. I think most of them are public radio sort of stuff. I like Freakonomics and... Um, Planet Money, both are money podcasts. I don't find money interesting, but I'm trying to, so those are really good. Um, Wits, which is sort of like a Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Um, It's out of Minneapolis. Um, It's sort of a younger Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me with less, like, chatty chattiness, more improv-y things. It's always got one musician and one... um, Usually it's a comedian, and they have to fight comedy versus music um, improvisationally. It's sort of funny. Um, There's... Uh, they just make the the singer sort of sing random things. It's great. Um, and um, I do like Penn Sunday School, which is like an hour on Sunday. It's live streaming, but you can also um, download it. It's with Penn Jillette. Um, 
There was a long... I really love Celebrity Apprentice. I'm going out on a limb here, admitting my Celebrity Apprentice love. So there's a lot of dissing on celebrities that were in Celebrity Apprentice. Was he on it? Yes, he's yeah, been on it twice. Okay. Um, just Clay Aiken. A lot of anti-Clay mm. Aiken beliefs. Um, uh, there's a lot of atheism stuff. There's cool guests every once in a while. Um, he knows a lot of people, so it's like interesting guests. Um, there's always a lot of talk about monkeys and monkey news. Um, I'll have to try it. I find my... it is a little long, and I think like there's stuff I would fast forward through, but I do like it. I find a, he's one of those people where a little bit goes a long way. I, yeah, I totally understand why if someone would not because he's like kind that. of like uh, on the one hand, I think he I think he's very smart, and I think he he's very articulate, and I agree with him on a lot of points. Although he's way more like libertarian than I'll ever be, um, and he doesn't. He's a very good debater, but he doesn't debate fair. Yeah. He's he's a rhetorician. He, he you know, but he's also, and, and he tends to dominate any forum he's Definitely. in. Well, and I mean, it's about him. I mean, it's in well, his right. studio. But even when he's right? on a guest on other podcasts. Sure. Um, it is. It's on the Corolla Network, whatever. Adam Corolla, they're besties. Um, and so Adam Corolla comes in once in a while. But yeah. And Adam Corolla, I like, I, I like, okay. I, I liked him best on Loveline. Yeah, no, the I feel the way Drew. I feel the way you do about uh, Benjolite about Adam Carolla. I'm like, uh, too much Adam Carolla. I no, can't I can't. No, I, I, I'm not going to listen to the Adam Carolla show. I really liked him on Loveline because I felt like it was the not the man show. No, I'm not <laughs> a big man show fan. Um, although I got, although I did understand that the man show was, while on the one hand it seemed like it was condescending and uh, and utterly sexist, it was also in an, a, a certain parody of a certain way of being yes it but like I don't some know if all the viewers understood that well and the problem with it of course is that sometimes the line between reality and parody is too thin like uh-huh. th- thou protestest too too much because yes. you're 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 too much about the juggies i believe yeah. they were called <laughs> um all been worth it. Which was the what the women in tight t-shirts bouncing on um, <laughs> on the trampoline, right? Beer? Right. There is, yeah. There's a, there's a, there's there is sometimes a line between parody and exploitation when you you're 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 really an exploitation and you just don't. Yeah, and I don't know where those girls are, but both the hosts are very. Uh, They're successful very successful, now. right? Right. Exactly. Much to my surprise, in some ways. But I liked him a lot on Love Lines. Um, but the Corolla podcast is a bit too morning zoo. For I liked me, I him guessed. on Love Lines because he summarized every call. Like, like as yeah. we've prefaced, I don't love a call-in show, and he was very like, "So you were molested? Yeah, Let's just right. get it out there. You were." <laughs> Well, and, and Dr. Drew was a great foil. Like, yeah. they were a really good combination. And, and separately, I, I don't like either of them as nearly as much. No, I think Dr. Drew's a terrible person. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that he is a terrible person. Like, just based on, and I love the Dr. Drew re- celebrity rehab shows, because I love a reality show, as we've dis- you've recently discovered. Um, and he just seems awful and very profit on, I mean... I don't think he thinks he's profiting in that way on people's Yeah, was, there's a profile on him on the New York Times Magazine recently, I think, mm. where it was definitely... He thinks he's doing a good job. He thinks he's I think doing he's a good job. I think he's kind of evil. Yeah. But, you know. And now I guess, like, he and Corolla now are doing, like, a live tour. They're back together. Oh. And they're doing, like, a, a, they're doing live dates together. That's good. Because, you know, he likes the money. Yeah. No, I've also been listening to the Tom Green. Tom Green now has another, a new podcast where he just interviews people. It's very WTF. But if you prefer a Tom Green to a Mark Maron, that's that's also I'm for you. Check that one out. 
Yeah. So that's our podcast. Indeed. Well, we'll probably do it again. We'll, we'll have Dr. Kyle Reisman on to talk about. He's His got a lot to say podcast. about. Well, he's got a lot to say about comedy podcasting. Um, I've tried to get him to write more about it. So I'm hoping he's going to listen to this because, I, you know, I have this website called radiosurvivor.com where we talk about radio. But I think podcasts is a form, of, is a form of radio yeah. at this point that is, they're converging. And we've done podcast reviews. I've written some. Kyle's written some. We haven't written any recently because... I don't listen to enough podcasts or different podcasts to make it worthwhile. But I also try to cover the business of and the sort of, you know, the the medium of podcasting. Because aside from like the Onion AV Club and a little bit on the Pop Candy blog on U- at USA Today, there aren't a lot of – there's not a lot of people talking about podcasts outside of maybe the comedy community because – it seems like podcasts are all about comedy. Yeah, I mean, just in going to Comic Con, uh, there, it's there's a lot of podcast stuff at that, which I I thought was really interesting because it has become more than Comic Con. Well, you become, need to report back then. I definitely will, but it has definitely become. You know, it's Comic Con is really like TV and big blockbuster like movies. Culture. It's all yeah. pop culture, but it does have a you know an extraordinary po- podcast. Um, representation for how many podcasts and how popular podcasts are and south by southwest was the same way but are there um, other but are they talking about podcasting both they are, okay. both have events and um and do that like there's um comedy comedy bang bang will be there and uh you know the big ones will be there and i'm, I'm sure kevin smith will be there and doing podcasting because he does like a hundred podcasts yeah a week. <laughs> so we'll to talk more about it. Maybe someday I'll actually go to South by Southwest. I'm not really that interested in going to Comic-Con because um, I'm really just not a comics nerd or even well, like a science fiction pop thing, culture though, is nerd. It's not really even about, I mean, and that was what interested me. I think that like in looking at the schedules, which not most, mo- most of it has not been posted yet. Um, there's just the organization really seems around podcasts because they're like getting stuff out there. Right well, now. all right. So you'll have to report back. We'll do. We'll have to talk more. I think uh do do we do you have any do you have any things you like? No, I, I think we I went over like a hundred things I like. I guess. So well let me say that I, I actually yes I was really using Stitcher this week and I was really liking it. Um because Stitcher also will sort of give you like just start giving you stuff. All right, and I wanted to listen to like news programming the other day while doing some stuff in the background. And it did and I put in international news and it just started giving me lots of great programs from like Deutsche Welle, all in English, CBC, BBC, NPR into a nice stream that I could just kind of leave on. And it was much better than, than listening to public radio. So big ups to Stitcher. I, I really been up. liking it. All right. Well, uh, I think we'll just call it quits here. Indeed. All right. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you, Paul.